Good morning, everybody. Uh, welcome back. Hope everybody had a good Christmas. Everybody have a good Christmas? Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, happy New Year. Tomorrow's New Year. Uh, that's pretty awesome. So thanks for coming, coming and uh, joining us on New Year's Eve. Uh, it's good to spend this day with you as we prepare to like step into 2018 together. Uh, before we get started this morning, why don't we just open up with a word of prayer. Our Father, we just uh, come together this morning to lift up your name. As we just sang to like, you're exalted, you are on high, Jesus is exalted, he's on high. Lord, we, my prayer for us is that uh, in and through us he would be exalted. In this place this morning and as we go out this week and as we step into a new year, um, which always seems pretty significant, Lord, I pray that this would be a, a year um, where we know Jesus more and where we are able to increasingly submit more of our life to him and we are able to uh, realize the joy of the good news like in our life in places where we haven't really experienced it before and Father, I just pray that the gospel would just be very real for us this year, that it would uh, change our hearts and minds even more and that it would just spill out of us and that we would go from this place reaching people who are not reached with, uh, with the gospel on our lips and with the, the graciousness of Christ and everything that we do. I pray for this morning that you would just say what you have said, uh, want to say. Uh, it's not my words, but yours, and that, that you would have us each hear uh, what you would have each one of us hear, and that your Holy Spirit would move in our hearts to make Christ known to us all. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, we're entering into 2018. And I think a lot of people have the questions on their mind. I have the question on mine. Like, what are you going to do with the time that you have in 2018? What are you going to do with the time that you have? How are you going to decide on what's best next, right? And if you make New Year's resolutions, this is the time for that. So maybe you're making New Year's resolutions. What are they? You don't have to yell them out. You can if you want to. Uh, but what are your New Year's resolutions? Uh, what, why did you pick them? Like, what's the motivation behind them. Are you going to eat better? I'm going to eat better, at least for like a week. Uh, I'm going to try to exercise. That's a pretty good thing. I think that's a good thing to do. Uh, what else? What's in your head? What have you already come up with? That this is the 2018 is going to hold for you. What are you going to do? How are you going to make the best use of your time? As you plan 2018, what are you deciding are the most important things to make happen this year and why? What's your motivation? And this is the question I have is like, are you sure that it's the best use of your time? Are we sure that it's the best use of the time? Now, I brought a little, I brought a little demonstration this morning. That's fun. Uh, I, keep this on my, I keep this on my shelf in my office. It's a box of 52 marbles. Uh, I keep it open like that. Uh, and and, and the, basically the idea of these marbles is that you're supposed to put them in the jar. I just like the way the box looks, so I just keep it in the box. I know what it means, so, but I'm going to tell you what it means. Uh, the idea is that you'll take these marbles, and I figure I'd do it in front of you to, you know, make a mess and make a lot of noise. But you put them in a jar, like so, and each marble represents a week of the year, Right? And there's another way you could do this. Now, this is meant for parenting and for kids who work with redemption kids and other 
ministries like that. It's the idea is that you have 52 Sundays in a, in a year, right? And so how are you going to make them count with your kid? Or if you're a parent, you have 52 weeks in the year. How are you going to make them count? That's the idea. And you could do it a different way at home. You could buy a bunch of marbles. Marbles are really expensive, by the way. I tried to get, I was going to get some marbles for myself. They're expensive. It's not worth it. I have these. But you could do it a different way at home. You could take a marble for every week of your kid's life from when they're, you know, I mean, average, from the time they're born until they leave for college, until they graduate high school. And you could fill that up. It's about 936 marbles in a jar. And the idea is that you take one out every week and you see that jar go down over time, right? And the idea is that when you can see the time that you have, you tend to make better use of it. When you can see the time that you have, you tend to make better use of it. And so I keep that in my office because I'm thinking about that with my kids. It's like, am I making the best use of my time, the, the little time that we have with them? And then I've been reading this book. It's called The Broken Way. It's by, I'm really not good at her name, so just forgive me. I always want to say Anne Voskamp, but that's not her name. It's Anne Voskamp. Voskamp. Uh, I can't say it. It's so simple. But anyways, in her book, uh, I've been reading her book, and, uh, and she does something similar in that book with her daughter, and she takes a jar, and she fills it with seeds, and the seeds are representing kind of like what every, all the days in her life, of an average lifespan, right? All the days of her life in a mason jar, in a seed, and it's the same idea. What are you going to do? Every day you have one seed, what are you going to do? And this is what she writes. She says, you only have one decision every day. How will you use your time? I thought of time as something you, can, you, have to, you have to wring the very most out of, to like drain it to the last drop. Carpe diem, people, carpe diem. But what had Jesus said? He said, my time has come. In what time? The time for his death? For Jesus, time was not something you seize as much as something you sacrifice. It's not something you grab it's something you give. Man, I read that and I was, I was floored, right? Time is not something you seize as much as something you sacrifice. It's not something you grab as much as it's something you give. So this morning, as we all are getting ready to step in to, to 2018 tonight, I want us just to take a brief moment and consider the marbles that we have in the jar for the next year, the seeds that we have in the jar for the next year. And I want us to consider that for Jesus, time was not something you seize as much as something you sacrifice, not something you grab, it's something to give. How are we going to spend the seeds in the jar? How are we going to spend the marbles that we have? How are you going to spend your days and your weeks? How are you going to make the best use of your time? And so at Redemption Church, we've been in Colossians for the Advent season uh, in the series we've called uh, Good News of Great Joy. And we've been contemplating so far, we've just been contemplating the gift we've received in Jesus, right? We've just been talking about what a great gift we've received in Jesus, how he shows us who God is, how he tells us who we are and how he forms who we are, how he's a great gift for us that we could put on a new self that is Jesus Christ. And having put on that new self then, that's it, that is like having put on the gift of the person of Jesus Christ, 
having put on compassionate hearts. You might remember from last week. Having put on compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, love, peace, and thanksgiving. Having put on all that just in putting on Jesus, on having received Jesus. I just want us then to step in and see how Paul kind of wraps up Colossians in 4, 2 through 6. And he says, you know, much more than just those verses. That's just where I want us to focus this morning. Colossians 4, uh, chapter Chapter 4, verses 2 through 6. And he says this. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Are we making the best use of the time? Paul exhorts toward prayer here. He exhorts towards prayer, and he exhorts towards walking towards outsiders to make the best use of the time. There's a book called uh, What's Best Next? How the Gospel Transforms the Way You Get Things Done. It's by Matt Perman. I recommend it if you want like a productivity book based on the gospel. It's really good. And Matt Perman, he, he points to scripture and he makes the case that the most productive thing we can do is to do good for others. Right? The most productive thing we can do is to do good for others. He says that the guiding mindset of our lives is to be, how can I do good for others? How can I be- benefit my neighbor, and that the good of others is always what's best next. The good of others is always what's best next. And to punctuate that point, I'm just going to go back to Von Voskamp. I don't know how to say your name, so I'll just make fun of it. Uh, to punctuate that point, I'm just going to, I just, another quote from her. She writes that learning the art of living is learning the art of giving. It's succinct. You can memorize that. That's pretty good. Learning the art of living is learning the art of giving. Now, this is just what I want us to see. Is that the best life for us is a life given. Right? The best life for us is a life given because doing good for others, becoming last, is actually the way to truly abundant life. And it's kind of counterintuitive, but that's the best way. And we'll see it more uh, as we... We're going to step into Acts over the next several months. Uh, starting next week, and we're going to see evidence of this all in the early church, that the best way and the most abundant life is really a life given. It's not a life that grabs. And here's what Paul says that I really want us to see this morning and put into action together, basically, in this, where we were last week and, in, and, and where we are today. Like having put on the new self, that's Jesus Christ, Continue steadfastly in prayer and walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of your time and living graciously with the gospel on your lips. So this morning, I just want us to consider these things uh, together corporately as Redemption Church. Um, might have to share this with a lot of people because it looks like a lot of people are out of town that they need to hear. I want to consider together corporately how it should move us as Redemption Church together, just as Paul was writing to the body of people 
right? In Colossians, he's writing to a body of people. That's how I want us to consider it as a body of people. And then I want to let the implications for the body inform our individual lives. So we're just going to move into that. How does this, how does it have implications on Redemption Church? And, and here's the thing, none of this should be foreign to us at Redemption Church, right? None of this is foreign. There's no arguing that this is the way that Jesus lived and that this is the way he led his disciples into. Like for the good of others and to the glory of God. He lived his entire life that way. We spent a long time in Matthew, not that long ago. And we just saw it. Jesus living for the good of others to the glory of God always. And we talk about it all the time here. We always talk about our, our mission is to want, we want to lead people to Jesus who lead people to Jesus. That means we, we take what we've been given and we give it to others, right? That's how we do it. We, we want to lead people to Jesus who lead people to Jesus. It's a replication. It's to take what we're given and we give it to others and we live a life that's given. And at Redemption Church, like we also take this time, you know, near the end of the service where we pray together every week and we've prayed at length for God to make us into such a people who would submit to Jesus all the areas of our life, to submit to him in all things and that we would be a people who reach unreached people. We're asking uh, to recognize how we've been given the gospel in all of life, and then that that would propel us to go out with the gospel in all of our life, right? That we would be a people who are prayerfully walking toward outsiders. We've been praying for that for a long time. We're reliant on the work of the Spirit to change hearts, but we want to be a people who are completely unable to keep the good news of Jesus in because of the good news of great joy. That is Christ. That's who we want to be. We want to people, be a people who are leading people to Jesus, who lead people to Jesus, making disciples that make disciples. And so as we've been coming towards 2018 at Redemption Church, I've just been praying for the last few months uh, through how to make the best use of our time this year. And this passage in Colossians is just, it's informative, as Paul calls us to prayer and to walking toward outsiders. Right? So I just want to talk about two things, prayer and walking towards outsiders at Redemption Church in 2018. So first, let's talk about prayer. Like I said, we've been praying together on Sundays for a couple of years, but I want, in 2018, like I want us to become, I want prayer to be a part of this church in a way we haven't experienced it before. Like this is what we're called to, and this is where we commune with our Father, and this is where our hearts are changed, is in prayer. And this is where the power comes from, because we can't do anything on our own. It's all His work, right? I want us to continue in this prayer that we've been praying together, that we would be a people increasingly submitting all of life to the empowering presence and lordship of Jesus Christ, essentially that we'll be continuing to grow into Christ-likeness and in discipleship, Right? And I want us to continue to pray to reach people who are unreached. But I think that out of those prayers come a lot of other prayers, right? A lot more specific prayers. And I just, I want us to start praying a few more specific prayers together this year. And so we're going to talk about that just for a little bit. Over the next few weeks, I mean, we're going to just, we're going to make prayer a big deal at Redemption Church. It ought to be. It's so good for us. But over the next few weeks... Uh, we're going to set up some prayer booths. I think we'll put, probably put one over there, and we're going to put one in the lobby. And this will just be a place where we're going to be able to put 
maybe some cards or some information where you can take like the prayer list of things that we're praying about and you can take it home with you and you can pray over those things. You can pray for the missionaries we're praying for. You can pray for church planters that we know of that just need our prayer, if nothing else. And you can take those items and you can pray for those things and there will also be a place where you can write prayer requests, you know, drop them in the box so that you know that the elders will be praying for you. That's something we want to do. We're going to put, put it out there in that way. And I just ask for your participation in that. Like, I love that we pray together on Sunday mornings and that we pray these specific prayers. And we're going to continue to do that. But what we really want is for us all to be praying these things, like, every day of the week. Like, when you talk to God, make these requests before him. So we're going to put those out there. It'll be a place to submit prayers and a place to take prayers and take them home and so that we're praying together throughout the week. And then also today, if you look in your uh, bulletin, uh, those, these prayers will be listed in the bulletin, and so you can take that home. That's something you can take home, put it in your Bible, pray over those things. I think it's on the back. And we're going to be doing that throughout the year. We'll put those prayers on there. These are the kind of the, the overarching type prayers that we're praying for the year at Redemption Church. I'll be posting blogs and articles and whatever on the website. We'll post them on social media to talk about our prayer life, to talk about how God moves in prayer, to talk about how, uh, how, how good it is for us, and to talk about uh, how good it is for others when we pray. And I think that this, I'm, I'm sure that as we pray, the prayer ministry, I don't know if that's what it's called, I just said it, uh, will grow, right? It'll grow, it'll change throughout the year, but as we begin 2018, as we begin to consider, like, how are we going to make the best use of our time as a church at Redemption Church? There's no continually pray. Be steadfast in prayer. That's number one. So we're going to pray for these specific things. We're going to pray for the downtown population to hear and accept the gospel. We're going to pray for downtown. That's where we're at. We're going to pray for downtown that they would hear, that the people who live, work, and play here would hear and accept the gospel. Like Paul asks in Colossians 4.3, let's pray that like doors would be open for the word, right? That, that seeds would be planted, that hearts would be open, that the way would be made straight for the gospel, for Jesus Christ, and that we would go with the gospel and doors would be open with the, for the gospel to land and take root and that people would be reached with Jesus. Like I said, we're on Broad Street for a reason. Like we're here. We're in the middle of downtown and we're here for a reason. We're here because we want to see downtown saturated with the gospel. So let's pray in that direction. Let's pray for that specifically. Secondly, we're going to pray for diversity and unity. Like we started praying for this a couple of years ago, and it's not exactly like we dropped the prayer. I was still, we're praying it, but we kind of went back to these root prayers that we've been praying. But we started praying for it a couple of years, and we want to be more intentional in asking you to pray in this way. And here's what I mean by it, by diversity and unity. Like, we're located in a pretty diverse area, not just, like, ethnically and skin tone or culture, right? There's, like, way beyond that. The diversity down here is, is crazy because you got, you know, you got, like, a business sector, you got the arts, you got the food and beverage, you got the musicians. You, I mean, it's, it's just, there's so many different lifestyles and backgrounds and whatever. We live in a very diverse neighborhood. Our church building is in a very diverse place. And we just read last week in Colossians 3.11 where Paul says that here there's not Greek and Jews, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. 
So we want to see church, our church, Redemption Church, reflect the community that we live in. We want Redemption Church to be a place like full of people who once were not a people, but are now God's people, like we read in 1 Peter uh, 2.10. We want to be that so that the gospel is proclaimed even more fully from this body at Redemption Church. So would you pray with us towards a united body made up of a diverse people? That's what we're asking. Would you pray with us that we would be a united body made up of a diverse people? We also want to pray for church planters and missionaries. Because at Redemption Church, like we're part of the Acts 29 network, that's about church planting, right? Churches that plant churches. CMA is all about planting churches. I don't know if you know this about the Christian Missionary Alliance, but like it's very small in the U.S., even though this is where it started, but it's massive globally. And it's because of their church planting initiative. Like they go places and they plant churches and it's sustainable. And so they're able to reach thousands upon thousands of people. And it's pretty amazing uh, once you get to know kind of their story. But we're part of these two networks, denomination that They both emphasize church planting, and we want to be a church that plants churches. We believe it's the best and most sustainable way to send missionaries into other neighborhoods, other cities, other states, and other countries. Right? So that's what we want to be. We want to be a place, like physical place, where those hoping to plant churches elsewhere can like come spend some time, like learning, gaining support, uh, you know, possibly building a group that will go with them. We want we want to be that. We have plans to move in that direction, but, but first and foremost, we would love to just be a church that is praying for and giving uh, to church planters and missionaries right now. We'd just love to be a place that are just praying for and giving to missionaries and church planters right now. God hears our prayers. And I don't think we realize like, the impact that we could have through prayer. Like, what would it be like? You know, we just sent Paul and Lindsay Murphy over to Egypt a couple weeks ago. I think they're about to leave this week. And uh, certainly they're praying for where they're going. But you can pray more specifically for them. And you can pray that there's doors open for the gospel where they're going. And if we believe that God hears our prayers and moves on, we can actually see, we can help take down doors and barriers to the gospel halfway around the globe just by asking God because he can do it, Right? We want to be a church that's praying in that way. God hears our prayers, and who knows the hearts that would be open to the gospel because we just simply asked. And even more specifically, like I said, pray for Paul and Lindsay. If you don't know who they are, we have information about them. They're on our website. You can go under missions, check their, th- their website out there. I think we have some magnets and some information about them at the, uh, the table out here, and we'll definitely have their information in our prayer booth. I'm asking you that maybe you can't give financially, but you can pray. Support them with prayer. And then lastly, we're praying for provision. Like specifically in two areas, that God would provide in two areas. But this could certainly grow. We can ask for provision beyond this. But we need God to meet our financial needs. Like we we tend to kind of cut it pretty close on the yearly budget around here. But God has always provided. He's always provided. But it's more than just making the cut, right? We're actually asking God, we're asking our Father to give us more in order to do more in the way of discipleship, in the way of blessing our city, and in the way of church planting and sending. That's what we want. We want to be provided for in that way. It could look like anything. I mean, it could look like taking care of a roof leak, the 
make this a viable space for mission. Uh, it could look like more staff. It could look like giving money away to other uh, organizations or, or whatever. But we just pray that God would provide for us in that way and financially. So would you pray for us with that? And then secondly, we need workers. Now, I'm not talking about like staff people. I'm talking about we believe like that the harvest is plentiful, right? I mean, the Holy Spirit can change anybody's heart. And the harvest is plentiful, but we need people to go with the good news. And so, and that's you, that's others, but we want more. We want more people. We need workers. So we're just praying that God would give us people who are willing to go with the gospel among us, to go with the gospel locally, and to go with the gospel globally. So the first request I'm asking of you, I mean, I guess it's all kind of a request, but the first request that I'm asking is that in 2018, as you consider how to make the best use of your time, I hope to convince you, I hope you're convinced by Paul, right, that praying steadfastly, like continuing steadfastly in prayer is making the best use of your time. And praying that doors would be open for the, to the gospel, that ears and hearts and minds would be open to the gospel here and beyond. And you join us in prayers in that direction, that we would be continuing in prayer. It would be, so we're going to move on to the next, the second bit. Right? We're just going to talk for a moment about making the best use of our time by walking toward outsiders. I really like the terminology there in the ESV, walking toward outsiders. For Redemption Church as a body, I think that that immediately means walking toward the people of downtown with the gospel for us. It means much more than that. It means walking towards your neighbors. It means walking towards the people you work with. It means walking toward everybody in all of life, certainly. But immediately for us as a body, because that's who we were just talking about this morning, and, and, this, and then you take those implications and let it uh, you know, uh, inform your individual life as well. But immediately for us as a body, it means walking out on the broad street, walking into downtown towards the people of downtown with the gospel. I said before, it's no accident that we're on Broad Street. We have a desire to reach this whole area with the good news of Jesus Christ. Our desire is to see a city saturated with the gospel. And I'll be honest, I don't think that I've made enough of it. I don't think we've made enough of it. But that's what the church was planted down here for 12 plus years ago, is to reach downtown with the gospel. And that's why we're here. And that's what we want to do, is we want to walk towards outsiders downtown. Have you noticed how much is happening, like, downtown these days? Like, there's buildings going up, right? There's, like, hotels. There's the school, the, the cyber school over there on the river. There's cranes all over the place. I've been a part of, I've been, like, hanging out downtown for years, right? And this is the first time I've seen a crane in quite some time. But there's a bunch of them all at one time. It's pretty fun to kind of watch the city all of a sudden start popping up with these buildings and grow and experience like some excitement amongst the community. Development's happening now, and the, after that will come people. There'll be more people. And I just feel like God's just given us such a gift in this space. Like just, we're not a building. Redemption Church is not a building. Don't hear me say that. I'm just saying God has given us a gift as to where this is where we gather, and this is the neighborhood we've been sent to, and this is the neighborhood we've been put in, and things are happening, and people are coming, and we are here already, right? And we're right in the middle of all that God is doing around us, and I'm convinced 
that Redemption Church gets a say in what downtown looks like in 2019. Hear me. Redemption Church gets to have a say and gets to impact what downtown Augusta will look like in 2019. And I'm not just talking about like landscaping and buildings and new businesses. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about much more. Like several years ago, I think it's man, several years ago, Claire and I went on a trip to Savannah and we were walking through the art galleries uh, in downtown Savannah. We went in this art gallery and I saw this painting and I really liked it. I, I don't know. It was kind of like a comic strip, strip, okay? And at the beginning of, so over here on the, be, on the beginning side of the comic strip, it's just like a nose and uh, it's smelling a, a, a flower, right? And then the next scene on the comic strip is kind of like, the comic strip is kind of a, a cityscape. It's in the distance, uh, sidewalk, grass, downtown cityscape kind of pops up, but it's all black and white, right? But as this person at the beginning has smelled this flower, like you see throughout the comic strip, basically all this color coming into the city. The city's already there, but this flower, this like beauty of whatever they smelled or whatever scent they had got, like brought all the color to the city. I really love that painting. It's stuck in my mind for years. And it's always been the picture in my mind of what Redemption Church means to the city of Augusta. Actually, I think it's probably the picture in my mind of what all churches mean to wherever they are, right? But it means that for us where we are. It's like we get to saturate a black and white painting with color. Like we get to see downtown saturated with the gospel. Like nothing's going to make Augusta great like the advance of the kingdom in Augusta. I mean, I... Obviously, that goes other ways, other ways too, right? Nothing can be made greater than, with, than from the advance of the kingdom. But we'll just keep it local. Nothing can make Augusta great like the advance of the kingdom, like the advance of the gospel in our city. And I think the effects of the gospel saturating this district would be like exponential. It'd be wild beyond our imagination. We don't really know what Jesus does or what the Holy Spirit would do. But I, my prayer is like, Redemption Church gets a say in what downtown Augusta looks like in 2019 because we go out with the gospel on our lips and see the Holy Spirit do his work. Man, that'd be awesome. And we're going to see evidence, I promise, over the next several months as we're going through Acts, we're going to see evidence of how the Holy Spirit moves in this way. That the Holy Spirit does this kind of work. And the church, the early church, went out with the gospel on their lips and God did amazing work that they couldn't, it had nothing to do with them. But they continued in prayer and they walked towards outsiders. So in 2018, as we devote ourselves to prayer, we also want to devote ourselves to walking intentionally toward downtown with grace and with the seasoning of the gospel. So there's a few ways we want to practice that together. I mean, this is very practical stuff. But you're all a part of it. Like, it doesn't actually work unless we as a church walk together towards downtown. Here's a few ways we're going to practice that together. You're a part of it. So, as you make your plans for 2018, before we get started, I'm just asking you to prioritize with us walking towards downtown, walking towards outsiders with the gospel. Number one, 
This is easy. Stay informed. Stay informed. Like, find ways to know what's going on in our neighborhood. Like, find ways to know what's going on. Are you on Facebook? Are you on Twitter or Instagram? There's lots of places on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram where you can just kind of know what's happening in downtown Augusta. You can hear about all the events. You can hear about new developments. You can hear about what's happening at this restaurant or that art gallery or whatever. Claire, my wife, runs Support Downtown Augusta on, like, I think all of those things, and she constantly posting things. That's a good thing to follow. You can get on the downtown lowdown on Facebook. Uh, there's newsletters you can get a part of. You can get in the loop with people. You could probably just hang out at places, and you'll learn some stuff. And we're going to make a little bit of an effort. Right? We'll, we'll try to get some, some ways to keep you informed throughout the year of like, the cool things that are happening around us. But just stay informed. Downtown is really a pretty cool place to be on mission, in my mind. Like, we don't have to create opportunities to build relationships with people here. There's community happening all around us. All we have to do is, like, step into the community with the love of Jesus Christ. So just find ways to stay informed. That's number one. It's very easy. We can all do that. Stay informed. That'll inform your prayers. Your prayers will inform what the Holy Spirit is doing in downtown Augusta. So stay informed. Then number two, I don't know what to name this. We'll come up with some catchy name. Okay, somebody here, when I say this, you'll be like, that's a horrible name. And then you'll tell me afterwards that you have a better name, and then I'll take it. And we'll hashtag it or whatever. But I'm just saying, like a monthly downtown blessing. I made it really long at first. Like the Redemption Church monthly downtown blessing to saturate the whole city with the gospel. Hashtag. Uh, I'm just kidding. Here's what we want to do. It's very practical stuff. Just once a month, we're going to come up with a way to bless downtown as a body, as a church. We just want to be a blessing to downtown. We're already using our building that way in some ways and all, but we want to just come up with once a month a very practical, tangible way to bless the neighborhood that we're in. It might require, like, a very small amount of money or a very small amount of your time. We'll let you know in advance so that you can prepare for it. But we might ask you to, like, bring a $10 bill on the fourth Sunday of the month and go buy a gift card someplace and give it away, right? Or we might ask you to like, because why would we do that? Because you'd be blessing the business, and also you'd be giving it away so more people would come downtown. We might take a collection and commission an artist to do some public art. I don't know what the idea is. I don't know what we should do. We're gonna, we'll come up with the first couple, and then you guys probably should give us some ideas. Uh, but it's just a way for us to do something very practical, something that'll take very little time, very little money, but could be a real blessing as we kind of pour out of this place and go and just be kind to our city. Sorry. Like I said, we'll have more on that. Probably next week we'll probably kind of unroll that a little bit. Once we get a name, once one of you guys come up with a name, then we'll, we'll, we'll unroll that. But I think it could be a lot of fun, and I think that this is like a really tangible, practicing like, way to walk towards downtown with the flavor of the gospel because it's just a blessing. Like, it's not merited, it's nothing else. Just go in to bless. And it's just a very practical and tangible way that we can walk towards outsiders. And then secondly, we're just going to ask that you work with your missional community to focus, like, your serving efforts toward downtown. There's a lot of ways you can do this. Like, there's a group called Operation Clean City. This is, this is one I just like uh, because it's the one that always pops in my head. But Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock, they gather at Tire City on this block they get buckets and trash grabbers, and they go clean up from the night before all down the street. 
your missional community wants to join them and then come to church. It's a very easy way to serve downtown. It's a very easy way to meet some people. It's a very easy way to walk towards outsiders in our neighborhood. You can plan to just eat together on Sundays and invite guests to go with you. Right? That's a very easy thing that you can do. You can plan to play pickup games of badminton in the common. Uh, Brent probably would like to play some badminton in the common. Where's Brent? Anyways, uh, you can could, you could do all kinds of things, but just focus some serving efforts and some rhythms on downtown Augusta, like individually and with others. Enter graciously wherever you go and just go with the seasoning of the gospel on your lips. There'll be lots more things we can do, but here's the thing. All of it, everything that we do to walk towards outsiders together at Redemption Church is going to require you and everybody else. And it's going to require your giving. It's going to require your participation. It's going to require your showing up. It's going to require your serving. And listen, I just, I think this part sounds a little rough, but I just think I got to say it. I know that for like many of you and, and, and for me even, this, this is going to mean like if we walk intentionally towards outsiders, and if we walk to the people who run businesses, and if we walk to, toward those uh, who, who are in the food and beverage business or whatever down here, as we walk towards them, this is going to mean intentionally putting the mission of Jesus ahead of our thoughts of capitalism. Right? Like this is going to mean doing business as a service to others over being served at times. And that's weird in our culture. It may mean that you need to be a patron of a business, not because of how well they serve you, but because of how you can serve them with grace and with speech seasoned with the salt of the good news. Like if we're going to walk toward outsiders in downtown Augusta, if we're going to make the best use of our time, like our decision to buy coffee at New Moon or to to buy books at the book tavern or to clean up trash downtown on Sunday or to, to give money for some other project or for some other resource in order to bless downtown, it likely, none of those things will likely solely benefit you. Right? And it's, it's got to stop being about just you. I'm not saying you can't enjoy the cup of coffee that you buy. I'm just saying it's not, maybe we're going with, can we just go on mission over to the capitalism? Like, can we go on mission? Can we go in to serve rather than to be served? Because I just want to take the gospel to people who don't know the gospel. Like, it's not about how good, you know, it's just not about that. So we're wrapping up. Some very practical stuff this morning, I know. But I'm asking you, like, as we step into 2018, to just kind of imagine what might Redemption Church look like in 2018? What might be the best use of our time in this next year? And the way I see it is that we have 52 weeks. We have 52 opportunities, or 365 days as opportunities to give the gospel away. We have 365 days and 52 weeks to spend ourselves for the good of others and to the glory of God. And I believe that it's going to be that, that's the most productive and the most fruitful thing and the way to the most abundant life that we can live. It's to spend the 365 days and the 52 weeks for the good of others to the glory of God. How are you going to spend your seeds? 
How are you going to spend your marbles? How are we going to do that together? As you're making your plans, as you look at your calendar, I realize that some of it may be counterintuitive, but the message of Jesus is very clear. In Matthew 5, 16, he says, Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. The whole purpose of our life is to live for the good of others to the glory of God. To let our light shine before others with our good works so that they may glorify the Father. So let's walk in continual prayer together, seeking Jesus and his kingdom first. Let's walk in united prayer. Let's wear the, the new self that Jesus has given us in himself. Like, like Let's put on the hearts of compassion. Let's put on the kindness. Let's put on the humility, meekness, patience, love, peace, and thanksgiving that came in Jesus Christ. And we just celebrated at Christmas. Let's put it on and be that. And live a life that's given and a life that's spent for the good of others and to the glory of God. So we're going to move into a time of response. We just kind of like ponder those things and spend some time in prayer and spend some time as the band comes up and they'll lead us in worship. And each Sunday we just kind of do a few things. We're going to, there's a basket in the back where you can give your tithes and offerings. We believe that that's like not just a way to support the church. Honestly, what I believe is that's a way for you to worship God and to trust God and to say that you, it's 100% yours, right? And it's, you can call me to give all my life and to live a life given, and I can trust you in this way. That's my experience. Uh, so that's a way we worship as we give. Uh, we also come down the center aisle and we'll come, and you can take from those serving. You can tear off a piece of bread and you dip it in the wine or the juice and remembering the good news of great joy that is Jesus Christ. Like he has come. He's with us. And he's coming again. And he's going to do great things while he's with us now through us. Right? And we're just remembering that that's who we worship. That that's who our Savior is. That he really is who he says he is. We're proclaiming that to one another because we're forgetful people and we need the reminder. And it's a grace that we get to do this together. So you can come if you're a Christian, whether you're a member here at Redemption Church or not. You come and take with us and proclaim Jesus to one another. If you're not a Christian, we don't, we, we don't want you to come and take, but not because we don't like you. It's because you can't say what we're saying. And so instead, we invite you to hear what we're saying in our action. Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ came for you. And while you may not believe <laughs> that, that you're that bad and that you needed saving, you do. It was better. Like we're blind to what life really would look like. What, what true life really looks like. And so it's an invitation to take Jesus and to, take, and to hear the gospel through this act that we're doing together. Now I'm going to pray for us and we're just going to move into that time of reflection and response. Would you pray with me? Our Father, we just... Uh, man, I'm just so thankful for who you are. Uh, like it's one thing that you're powerful and that you're all-powerful and that you made everything and that you're God and we're not. But beyond that, like you're for us, you love us, 
is beyond our comprehension. And you've gone out for our salvation. Like, we deserve to die. We deserve death because we've chosen death. We haven't really chosen life, and we can't even recognize it. But you have gone out for us. You've gone out for our salvation. You've gone out so that we would have life. And you don't, man, you love us. You've done that in Jesus Christ. You've come. You are with us, and you're coming again, and we can trust you. And Jesus is king, and his kingdom is advancing. And I'm so thankful, Father, that as sons and daughters and brothers and sisters together, we get to be about your work. We get to be citizens of this kingdom. We get to be about the, the, the work of building the kingdom. We get to be by our, the side of our dad while he makes it all happen, while he brings reconciliation and goodness and restora uh, restoration to all things. And would you just cause us, by your Holy Spirit, to trust you more and to take Christ and to take all the good gifts that he is for us and to live given like, would you cause us to live spent for the gospel? Would you cause us to be on the lookout for the good of others? Would you cause us to be always looking for opportunities to do good works for others so that they might see you for no other reason but that they might see you and may glorify you and know you as their father? I pray, Father, that this morning as we just talk very practical ways of praying continually, and walking toward outsiders, I pray that you would use this year in that direction, that you would even just compel our hearts this morning to be a part of that. We love you, and we praise you, Jesus. Amen.